Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Cece. And this is Claire. And this is our first episode of 2022. 2022. Yes, and as always... Hello friends and welcome to uh, hello friends to our headline news edition of our 8th series of sendition on January 9th, 2022. We have three super interesting stories and even better takes, so let's get into it. So, our first story is about a Philadelphia fire that kills 12 people. So, a huge fire erupted in the Fairmount area of Philadelphia on the morning of Wednesday, January 6th, and left 12 people, including 8 children, dead. The fire started near 6.40am in a Philadelphia public housing property in the 800 block of North 23rd Street. The house is split into Units A and B, and most of the fatalities were in Unit B. This is the deadliest single fire Philadelphia has had in at least 100 years. The deadliest fire in the city before this one was in October of 1901 in an 8-story building on the 1200 block of Market Street, which killed 22 people. The fire department said initially that none of the four smoke alarms in the building were working, but Housing Authority officials corrected the department on Thursday, January 7th, saying that the building had 13 tamper-resistant tenure detectors that were all operational during their last inspection in May 2021. Further inspection found a possible cause of the fire. It could have been a five-year-old playing with a lighter who set a Christmas tree on fire. According to the National Fire Protection Association, a nonprofit safety group, fires that involve Christmas trees are usually more fatal than other types of house fires. Christmas trees cause about 160 fires and two deaths per year, plus $14 million in property damage. I didn't know that. Yeah, Christmas tree is not... The first thing on my list when I think of things that caused a fire. Me neither, but I mean, it's that time of year, right? It's a tree. That's that's true. That's true. And, I don't know, we've gotten, we've only gotten, like, one or two real trees every Christmas. I think we've had, like, fake trees. I've never had a tree. We've (laughs) only had, like, the small plants around our house. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're big and obviously because it's wood it catches fire easily but it's it's a bit alarming to say like there must be a reason why the fire department said that they weren't working because it wasn't like if the fire department said it wasn't working then it wasn't working but the housing authority says that does work that means from the time they did their inspection which is like may 2021 to now January 2022, all four of them broke? I'd say it's not that unlikely just because it's been a long time since their last inspection, right? That's true. And it's been, I don't know how many months, but it's been a while. And it's, as always, a lot of these fires in the buildings, like it's always in the cramped areas, right? Mm-hmm. Like Philadelphia, um, Philadelphia is a metropolitan I'd say. city, right? Yeah. So that is what it is, but I'm a little concerned that I don't know like what happened to those smoke alarms because the housing authority said they're tamper resistant, they're for 10 years, they were operational, and there were 13 of them. But then the fire department said that they weren't working. 
or they they didn't work or during they, the yeah fire. during the fire, which is interesting. And another thing that's also concerning is why would a five year old have a lighter? That's what I was thinking. Like, watch your kids. They shouldn't be playing with a lighter around a Christmas tree indoors. Yeah. So my safety concern would also be for the toddler because if the toddler doesn't normally wouldn't know how to use a lighter and if they're like or what it does switching it on and off or like dropped it or something and then burns accidentally the set the tree on yeah. fire but watch your kids please seems to happen more often than we think mm-hmm. like we said 160 fires and two deaths and 14 million dollars of property damage could also be it could also just be the placement of the tree itself. Like, maybe some houses mm-hmm. have a fireplace, mm-hmm. and they put the Christmas tree next to the fireplace. Because, like, honestly, I think you can visualize that, right? Yeah. Because it looks aesthetic and whatnot. But, fire hazard, so. Yeah. So, hopefully, when you guys are putting, for next year, putting up your Christmas tree. I mean, one easy way to avoid it is also to get a plastic one. Which plastic things still can burn, but I think not it's as easy, easy as they like, want real trees. Yeah, they won't set on fire super easy. I don't think. Also, be mindful of fire safety mm-hmm. and where you put the tree. Don't put it in front of like a heater or a fireplace or something. Yeah, tips for living on your own from two eighteen-year-olds. <laughs> Well, anyways, if you guys want to learn more about the story, you can visit either 6ABC or ABC. Both probably have the updates that are coming out as the investigation goes forward. Moving on to our next story. A weird fish has washed ashore near San Diego, and it is actually the third weird fish in California this year. So this is actually a little older... uh, older story but it's still within it's still since the last time that we had an episode so a server found a funky looking fish on friday december 16th and alerted lifeguards and these lifeguards found this 13 inch dead jet black globular fish with sharp teeth pointy skin and a weird stalk thing hangs uh sticking out of its head they notified scientists and sent the fish to UCSD, which is where I go. And according to Ben Frable, collection manager of marine vertebrates at UCSD, the scientists determined that the fish was a Pacific football fish, which is an extremely rare species of anglerfish that lives way, way, way down below the ocean surface. Frable decided to preserve the fish and keep it in the college's archive so that researchers can utilize and study it in the future. This fish has actually never been observed in the wild, and only 31 collective specimens of this football fish are known to exist in the world. However, in the last year, already three had washed up on California's beaches, which doubled California's sighting record from a still low number. Very little is known about the fish, given that it's so rare. We do know that the fish lives in depths of around 1,000 to 3,000 feet. Scientists are not sure what they eat, how they reproduce, or why they have been washing up on the shore so recent, uh, so frequently in recent months. 
The specimens collected don't seem to have any marks from any attacks or poisoning from an event such as an oil spill. And Bill Lutt, assistant curator of ichthyology, which is a word we had to search up how to pronounce, <laughs> at the Los Angeles County Natural History Museum. And he said that if there was a huge catastrophe or die-off of the species, more of them would have been found by now. So we want to know why they're called football fish. Because that I is don't know either. Generally, a name that they don't really look like footballs. Wait, wait, maybe they wait. They're kind of shaped like they're kind of shaped. If you guys have, I'm sure people have seen like the anglerfish, the one with the little. Yeah, so it's shaped like a football, I guess, because it's kind of round and the edges are pointed. I would say an American football, by the way, because. If it was not an American football, it It'd would be, just a, be a round a ball, flat, <laughs> a flattened soccer ball. But going back to the anglerfish, I think we've all seen and drawn like the fish with the little lamp attached to it in front of it, yep. and basically it uses that like down in the ocean you can't see a thing, so they use this light to see and to predators, lure, prey, prey, lure, whatever they do in their free time. So, kind of imagine that, but not that. <laughs> so, yeah, football fish is alive, I guess. <laughs> you should search what it looks like. It's really funny. I think it's great. Hmm. Yeah. But as for why it's coming up, a mystery to be solved. Not by us, though. <laughs> Not by us, because I don't think that's any of our majors. So, yeah. We have and Econ and Psych, Psych, so there's no way we can solve this by ourselves. I mean, if we really, really tried, and then suddenly maybe. learned a, to be an expert in marine biology and fish life and... Marine biology and fish life and... And... <laughs> ichthyology that was those we actually had to search yeah. that up. it's like I-C-H-T-H-Y-O-L-O-G-I why so yeah interesting story but it's kind of one of those cool phenomenons that you hear from in the past like oh this random thing happened and nobody really found an explanation for it and here's an example don't you think that's why religion is such a big thing? That's true. Like, random stuff that, like, is... Like, lightning or weather. Like, a yeah. tornado or some kind of hurricane or a tsunami. I've seen that, like, people... Like, if you didn't know what lightning was and it was your first time ever seeing it... You're like, it, what in the fuck is that? <laughs> and then you probably explain on some higher being, so... Mm -hmm. I honestly think that's pretty interesting to think about that old civilizations decide to make up I don't well, depends on what you believe, but like decide to create a whole story around why such natural events are happening. Yeah. I mean if we lived in the open days we could say the fish is showing up because we're all gonna die. <laughs> it's an omen or something. Yeah, they're jet black. They look they very look absolutely scary. stupid. So but do not worry, you are not gonna die. At least not by that. Alrighty.
So if you guys want to keep up on the, so if you guys want to keep up on the findings of the football fish in California, you can read more about it in articles on, uh, in an article in Los Angeles Times. And shout out to my school for doing the research. (laughs) Go Tritons. (laughs) Anyway, on to our third and last story. Canada's ban on conversion therapy takes place. So after two failed attempts, Canada has formally banned conversion therapy. And for those who don't know, conversion therapy is a highly discredited practice that tries to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity, and this is most likely just trying to make them cisgender or straight. And the bill went farther than previous versions because the government, I guess, or the creators of the bill made it a crime to have anyone go through conversion therapy, regardless of whether they consented or not. And during this third attempt, the bill was approved unanimously by both the House of Commons and Senate. Legislation was created on December 9, 2021, and took place on January 7, 2022, and makes it illegal to, quote, provide, promote, and profit off conversion therapy, end quote. The bill says that conversion therapy is, quote, any practice, treatment, or service designed to change or repress a person's sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression, end quote. There are many types of techniques that come with conversion therapy, and they range from talk and behavioral therapy to medical treatments. Conversion therapy is discredited by major medical associations in many countries, as well as the United Nations, WHO, Amnesty International, and certain other groups. Criticism includes the fact that the practice harms its victims and is under the, quote, false premise that sexual orientation and gender identity can or should be cured, end quote. According to recent findings of a study by the Community-Based Research Center, as many as 1 in 10 gay bisexual, trans, and queer men and non-binary two-spirit people in Canada have gone through conversion therapy. And for those who don't know, two-spirit is a term indigenous people use to describe their sexual, gender, and or spiritual identity. Among those that have experienced conversion therapy, 72% started before the age of 20. According to Canada's Justice Department, indigenous, lower income, and other marginalized groups are disproportionately represented. A big win, I'd say. Yeah, and I was kind of, um, so originally people think of Canada as a very much more progressive place compared to other parts of the world and even United States, right? Mm-hmm. And so kind of they're saying that it went further, it, it was rejected the past few times because it wasn't, a like they didn't make it a crime in the previous bills. That's what I'm getting from this article. Correct if we're wrong. So, yeah. So, I mean, other than that, it has gone through. And I think it's a good stepping stone because conversion therapy, and it started in, like, the psychology field and as in the beginning, right? Like, to show that it's not harmful to any person to go through that Mm -hmm. and there's good consensus there's like consensus across many many fields that that is the case and yet it's not in the law anymore and i'm glad they made it like uh regardless of consent because originally i wasn't even thinking of that right 
Me neither. But then there comes the issue of if that young person was consenting, it could be that the parents consented for them. Yep, consented for them or pressured or something like that. And considering that 72 of those people, 72% of people in general who go through conversion therapy are under the age of 20, and if you're under the age of 18, you can't really consent to things. It's the parent that consents usually. Because, you know, like, they have the power, question mark, over you. Guardianship. Yeah, guardianship, yeah. They're the ones that override most of consensual things. Yeah. Which is why, like, in the, um, in all the, like, if in the beginning, sorry, in the first day of school, they always give you a syllabus, and a lot of teachers had me sign my syllabus to say, I agree to this, but they also had my parent right. sign it as well, saying, I also agree to this. And there's discourse on the internet saying, oh, you know, you can't really make me do stuff. Like, I can't, <laughs> I remember like, that. signing that I won't do this or I won't do that. You can't really do that if you're a minor. A minor. Yeah. I remember a host, <laughs> like, the outrage over that from little kids or like middle school yeah or when middle like school finally learned that they can't yeah, consent like, i can't we can't consent we're minors and it was like the stupid things like no phones in school or something yeah which has pros I mean, and cons yeah. but at the same time do middle schoolers really have good control and good mindset towards phones no no but there's also, like, I remember our middle school, I remember they had no us phones. keep our backpacks in our lockers, and yeah. our phones in our lockers, and there's this one time where we had a bomb threat at school, mm. and they wouldn't let us go back to our backpacks, and so a bunch of kids couldn't get their phones from their lockers, but I remember my parents always told me, like, no, screw that rule, you always keep the phone on you, just don't use it, obviously, because yeah. that'll get me in trouble, so I remember people passing around their phone trying to... Call, call their parents <laughs> to pick them up. Yeah, I'm not to say that phones aren't useful, of course, but you know, twenty years ago they didn't have that. Okay, yes, but like it's a useful tool to contact your parents in case of emergencies. That's so. true. Which is why every middle schooler should, I believe, if I ever ran for president, oh my I would god, say every middle schooler, <laughs> if they got a phone, it better be a flip phone. Oh my god, <laughs> I completely agree. My brother, he had like. I think he had, like, an iPhone 7, which is, like, the newest one at the time when he was 10 or something, which was ridiculous to me. I didn't even have a phone. I know. I had a, I had one of those flip phone things that I Mm -hmm. couldn't text people with unless I had, like, Wi-Fi or something, because otherwise it charged me, like, 10 cents per text or something. And the internet was also very pricey for me, so I couldn't even use it unless I wanted to call somebody. Mm -hmm. And I completely agree with that. Please give your kids... Flip phones, because honestly, smartphones are going to addle your brain, because the whole dopamine hit and shit, so. Yeah. And I remember the first game I played on my flip phone was, not the, is it the Matrix? It's like the little cubes. Tetris? Te- Tetris, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, the Matrix. No, I thought the Matrix, but yes, the Tetris. That game was so fun. <laughs> that was my dopamine hit. Like Tetris on a flip phone. Yeah, and like, I think up, my down, down. yeah my brother accidentally bought Oregon Trail on my phone. Ooh, what is that? Um, it's a kind of like a quote survival game, but it's very like kind of lighthearted. So it's like just you're trying to trek from like 
like the Midwest or like the East Coast to Oregon to find gold or something like that. And you just have to make sure your kids don't die. Your wife doesn't die. You don't die. Because if you die, then the whole game just ends. You know, you have to like hunt for food and stuff. And there's like side quests and things like that, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> but um, yeah, my brother accidentally bought that game on my phone and my mom couldn't get the company to return it because they're like, you bought it, so we can't do anything. And I remember staying up late to play it, and I got caught a few times, and my parents got mad at me. <laughs> you know, there's those horror stories of kids buying stuff in-game, Oh, um, and it the turns out... micro, the whatever currency things. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, like, you can buy... There's currency in the game, and of course that's not real, but you can use real money to buy more of that, and kids just buy it because... I mean, honestly, no one explained it. Okay. On a, no, I take that back because I knew I didn't <laughs> have need to have anyone explain it to me. You know, I knew those that money obviously was real money, right? Yeah, I did that once. I think for a stupid game too. That was like a decorating game for like a house or something, and I bought money with real money. And my mom found out. She was like, "Did you do this?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then she got mad at me, and I never did it again. But there's like horror stories, you know Genshin, right? Yeah, yes. There's a the twenty thousand dollars. There's a girl that I spent, I think, spent twenty thousand dollars on her dad's credit card, trying to win something. Yeah. So you use, you can use money to buy those in-game currencies, right? Mm -hmm. Twenty thousand dollars, which is a lot. And, like, the dad couldn't really get back much of his money. Of he got, like, $10,000 back, which is already nice enough for the company to do or, like, their credit card company to do. I honestly consider him lucky for that because his child was the one that spent it willingly. So, yeah. But anyways, how did we get on this? <laughs> yeah. We were talking about gay rights. <laughs> Conversion therapy. Oh, yeah. we're talking about, um... Minors not being able to consent. Yeah. There we go. So, as you can see, because not only from the point of, like, minors not be like, minors not being able to consent, I think they should not be able to go, they should not go through such things. As I agree. And I think... With the two spirit stuff, I've actually seen this quite uh, a lot on, in on like TikTok and Instagram a lot, because I had gotten you know the algorithm just <laughs> just gave you the content, just gave me the content, and it's pretty well accepted in the indigenous community with like the two spirit thing. It's just mm. saying that you have two coexisting. Spirits inside Spirits of you, inside of you mm. that um, can be like a lot of things, which include like uh, male gender and female gender. So and for non-binary people, yeah. Oh. And so, yeah. I'm, that's why I think when people, when I would say older people, not okay. When there are a lot of arguments against sexual orientation and gender orientation is like oh this like 
back in my day, there wasn't such things as this. But back, back in your grand, 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 grandfather's day, there was. You know, it's not a new thing. Definitely so. not. It's just, I mean, there's also the issue of during that olden times when it wasn't open, accepted, right? So then just because you didn't hear about it doesn't mean that it did not exist. Yeah. Just like that old Chinese proverb. There's a story where this guy was like, yeah, this guy was like, you know, if I, I'm going to try to like this rob this house, but every time there's a, um, so he was trying to rob some keys and he took the keys and obviously when you take keys, they jingle, right? They make sound. He was like, if I cover my ears, I can't hear it. And because I can't hear it, that means no one else can hear it. And of course he got caught. Of course he got caught because it's like so logically and physically inaccurate. So, <laughs> yeah. Tip, uh, wisdom of the day. Just because you don't hear about it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yes. And if you want to learn a little more about Canada's ban on conversion therapy, you can go to NPR and there's an article there for you to read. And those are our three stories of the day and before we leave you we have our sunday snippet into the past so on january 9th in 1493 columbus mistakes manatees for mermaids so of course mr christopher columbus was sailing near the dominican republic and he sees three quote mermaids and they're really manatees and he (laughs) and he describes them as quote not half as beautiful as they were painted end quote of course, since they're manatees and not the half ladies, half fish type creatures. Yeah. He was not only mean, but dumb. A really stupid man. But I mean, yeah, he thought, like, India. He was in India, right? He really wasn't. Yeah. So, but like we said, if it was first time seeing it, you know, uh, he started justifying. But then he decided to, you know, sell people. So that kind of, that's where we draw the line. Well, I really hope that you guys enjoyed the stories and our takes on it. Thank you all for listening and have a great Sunday.